You're listening to Robert Martinez, the apartment rock star. Robert is a national award-winning real estate brand influencer and entrepreneur whose company, Rockstar Capital Management, was recognized as the 15th fastest growing company in Houston by the Houston Business Journal. In addition to his 11 100% refinance cash out events, his company has earned 15 city, state, and national apartment association awards. Hi, I'm Rod Cleef. Each and every week I record an interview with a thought leader that I know you're going to get a ton of value from. Now here on YouTube are the video versions of my podcast, Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. Now to make sure you get the latest information, please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Let's get started. Welcome to another edition of How to Build Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. I'm Rod Cleef and I am absolutely thrilled you're here. And I know you're going to get tremendous value from the rock star that we're interviewing today who happens to be the CEO of Rockstar Capital. Uh, his name is Robert Martinez, and, and uh, his company, he's the CEO, has, has 3,699 units in 21 communities. And uh, they've got a lot of accolades regarding how they manage, and we're going to talk about that and some of, the, some of the strategies he's used. But without further ado, welcome, my friend. Hey, Rob, thanks so much for the opportunity to be on your show. It is an absolute honor, and congratulations to you, all your success. Oh, thank you, buddy. And likewise, likewise, for sure. So, you know, let's start out like I start out most interviews, just having, telling people how you got, because you didn't, you didn't, you weren't born with 3,699 doors. No, um, no. You know, talk, talk about a little bit about your, you know, your life cycle in this business, how you got started and how you got to where you, the success that you enjoy right now. You know, like a lot of people, you know, you're, you're taught to go to school, get good grades, you know, and you go off to college and you you major in what you think you're supposed to major. You become an attorney, a doctor, an engineer. You do something like that. And you think that's going to be what you're supposed to do for the next, you know, 40, 50 years of your of the best years of your life. And then hopefully you're going to save enough and retire and try not to die before your money runs out. You know, and that's a that's such a failed, failed formula. And, you know, and and. Uh, um, you know, but what happens and what the big lesson in my life that I've learned is, you know, necessity is the, mo the mother of invention, you know, and when something gets painful enough, you make a change, you know, so just like I explained, I went to a good school, I have an engineering degree, and I went and became a sales guy, uh, which I think later on is a great attribute when you get into real estate investing, right, because it's marketing, it's like, you know, what is your personality, I didn't, I wasn't one of those engineer guys that had the 3.8 to 4.0, I would have been closer to the like 3.0 to 2.9, Right. And so when my company hired me, they wanted, you know, sales engineers. They wanted guys that, that knew how to speak a little bit of the language, but also use some of that personality. And so what happened was that we went through a few transitions in the company I was working for. And as you know, they always want to cut costs to justify the purchase that they just made. Just like we try to do on value add properties, right? We want to cut expenses. And quickest way to cut expenses is to go and adjust and monkey with everybody's commission plan. Right. And who makes the most money? The sales guys. Right. And once you realize that you've been in the business long enough, salesmen are allowed to make X amount. But the CEO, the CPA, whoever they, they're up here, and they don't want you getting too close to them. And so they, they like to monkey your commission, you know, and, and uh, change your plans. And after a few times of that happening, I recognized that I didn't have control of my financial future. I didn't, which my employer did, which means he had control when I was going to retire along that path. He had control of the kind of uh, school my kids were going to go to, whether I want to send them to private or public, the kind of house I was going to have, the lifestyle, my vacations. And again, once you go through that and you come to this epiphany, 
this re realization that you don't have control, you start to do something. The pain becomes heavy enough that you want to make a change. I was very fortunate. I uh, I started to listen to the radio. I started to you know watch programs and and you know try to find a different a different way of moving forward. And I discovered a local real estate show in Houston, Texas. Uh, called Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm a big supporter of, of joining a real estate, you know, real estate club, an education club in your town uh, uh, nearby where you can get with other like-minded investors. And I did that. And in 07, I joined that club. By the end of the first year, I had, you know, watched the videos. I had gone on the road trips. I had networked and, and I, we bought our very first property. And I had a business partner. He and I started a company. And for the next three years, we did that together. And, um, I got. I became the operating arm. I was the CEO of that company, and can, ran can I two stop you for one second? You, stop you for one second because you've dropped a lot of bombs that I'd really sure. like to circle back on and just add some emphasis to. Uh, sure. And then, and then, I, then we, I want to continue your story. I actually want to circle back to that first deal as well, if you don't mind. Sure. But, 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 but your transition from engineering to sales is frankly very unusual because most analytical people are not salespeople. So, yeah. you know, that, that speaks to, to your success for sure, because, you know, what I see in this business, a lot of partnerships between an engineering mind and a sales mind. And, and those are fantastic partnerships, which you're, you're blessed to have both qualities, which is- I again, appreciate that. Thank you. Not, not normal. Yeah. Now, you talked about you talked about the lack of control in a job. And, and yeah, I mean, if, if you're not- you know, if you're not building your own dream, you're, you're, you're helping someone else build theirs. And, 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 and I want to actually also hammer home one thing you said, and that is you have to have pain to change. You have to create leverage on yourself. And so, you know, one of the things that Tony Robbins does, I'm a big fan of his, at his events is he has you do that. He calls it the Dickens process. It's this process where you stack pain on not changing. It's a very powerful process, but you did it yourself. And a lot of people, they, they, they reach a point of, of saturation, enough is freaking enough. They be, it's contempt even, it's, it's disgust with where they are to take action. And so guys, you know, if you, and, and I can hear the thunder in the background, you told yeah. me you've got a lot of storming going on. So guys, you're, that's, that's not a sound issue, that's thunder going on in his backyard right now. Yeah, it's, it's raining bad, we got a tropical storm, crazy weather. Yeah, so so you partnered up with somebody, and what? Tell tell us about your first deal. How many doors? Uh, you, you, Houston is your market, right? Right, right. So I, I've had two lives. I had that first life when I had a business partner, and then I had the second life that I had um, with my own company. Right. Okay. So my very very first deal was a property that I purchased in 2010. It was okay. just short of the recession. Good uh, timing. It, yeah, timing was great, uh, uh, but you know, there's a lot of risk involved, right? Because nobody knew it was the end of the world. It was the greatest depression, the greatest you know financial meltdowns of depression, all that stuff. And so it took a little risk. You know, I think in real estate investing, you have to have a little bit of a riverboat gambler mentality. You know, you can't. It's not going to be for the engineers. You know, that only see black and white. I think you're going to have to have a little bit of faith and some confidence in yourself. And, and, you know, and sometimes when you have to put it all on the line. And so that first deal was, uh, uh, it was 118 doors. Hmm. It was uh, $2.9 million, which is right around $24,500 a, a unit, if I recall. Wow. Wow. Uh, which is super <laughs> cheap, right? But it's post-recession. And you can't get a Fannie loan, right? It's going to be bridge loan, recourse loan, right? Which means I had to sign on that line. And I'll tell you what, nothing motivates you that when you have to sign on the line and, right. and you have your money, your children's money, um, you know, everything's riding on, on the success of, of the, of that, of that business. Right. 
and you work really hard. And so I was able to, I was able to purchase it. Uh, we were at 80% when I, when I took it over, uh, within 30 days, we're at 90% within uh, 60 days, we were at a hundred percent. They literally didn't know what to do. And so they kept make writing the units, but they had no one to listen to. And all we did was when we first took over, it's like, look, we have all this vacancy loss. Let's reduce the price. And, and then as we lease a unit, raise it up $20. As we lease a few more units, raise it up $20 and just get rid of that vacancy loss. But also don't give away the farm, test right. the market, right? And before long, we were well beyond our, our, our debt numbers that we needed to be. And within a year and a half, uh, we were ready to, to refinance it. I got it out of uh, temporary debt and I got into my first Fannie debt. Um, and then we did that again a few more times. And then, so we refinanced that deal twice. Today, that deal is worth a hundred thousand a door. Uh, we re, we've refinanced it twice, uh, and we've made somewhere in the range of around three hundred seventy percent cash back to the investors, yeah. not including yeah. the value that's still in that deal. So yeah, we're actually sure. talking about maybe re, uh, doing another refinance out next year. Sure, sure, sure. I uh, you know I, I mean it, it it was hard to miss. It was hard to miss. I mean, listen, uh, kudos to you. Uh, but you know the, the the pricing back then was so fantastic. Yeah. But you, but you're right. You had to suck it up because it, it, blood was running in the streets. Uh, if if you read the newspapers, that's what that's how they coined it. Now I know you've raised you know uh, in excess of ninety one million dollars for your deals. You've you've you've, uh, you've you do syndications. You've got a lot of deals going. But we, before we started recording, you started talking about. Um, the influence that you've been getting from some of the big uh, thought leaders, uh, not really not thought leaders, but but uh, people that everyone knows, Gary Vee and uh, Grant Cardone. Can you speak to some of the things that you've learned about enhancing your business um, through those two gentlemen? Right. So I feel I'm a good operator and I'm a good natural operator. I think my sales background helps me a lot. Um, I've got a little bit of marketing, but I didn't know how innovative that I was. I, and I, I guess what I got started watching out um, grant videos, but then I really got enamored with Gary. Um, Gary is just, as you know, it's just a whole nother animal. Just like the guy's literally moving all the time. But one time he said something that really caught my attention. He said, you have to be, you have to try to put yourself out of business for somebody else puts you out of business. And that made so much sense to me. And it's like become like this internal theme and motto inside me. And so with that, I, I, it stems the, the, the innovative juices. And I learned a lot uh, with him. I, I went to his 4D event, which is, you know, for, for small business people. I've had a chance to visit with him in person uh, for 30 minutes. I brought my whole team up to New York. But what I learned was storytelling and through the use of video. You've got to use video to storytell. And if you just give me a minute to elaborate on that, you know, sure. uh, with that came reputation management. You know, nobody shows up on a Saturday morning anymore to rent an apartment with a rent.com book or apartment guy book. They find you during the week and they're going to go through not just 10, but like a hundred different places. Right. And they're going to start first, re- first with reviews, which makes sense. You don't go to Best Buy and know what TV to buy. You ask the sales guy, hey, which one is the one everybody buying? When you go to Amazon, you know which one to buy? No, you read the reviews and you go to pricing, right? But it all starts with the reviews. Well, what do those reviews say? I remember back when I got started, I didn't pay attention to that stuff. You know, I was like, no, it was almost like an ostrich in the sand. I ignored the negative reviews. I acted as if they weren't there. But as the, as the use of smartphones and the internet came more and more widespread, you know, people are really voicing their opinions and you have to control the message. And right. so I thought really quickly, well, why are they upset, right? 
And it makes you think like, is everybody upset? No, it's not everybody. It's just that one person. And why are they upset? Probably because they're not paying their rent and now you're forcing them to pay their rent or they're coming to bringing up you know, issues in the past, but it all has to do with finances, right? But what, but what are all the good reviews? Every time somebody rents an apartment with you and they lease and they move in, aren't they happy? Right. Every time somebody renews, aren't they happy? So why aren't you asking for that review? So we're trying to learn to drown out the noise, right? But through the use of drowning out the noise and video storytelling, we're able to tell what it's like to live at our properties through the use of video. And so come Saturday, when they show up on Saturday, the deal's done. You know, they're, they're ready to lease. All they got to do is make sure that it matches up to what they see, to what they saw online. So that's what I learned from, from, from uh, Gary. Gary was great. Yeah, that's huge. Let me, let me, let me put an exclamation mark on that. And, and, you know, so, and so those of you that are operators right now, I know there's a lot of listening that haven't done a deal yet, but those of you that are operators right now that have a property, you've got to be see, checking what's happening online as far as reviews and, and, and frankly, proactively looking on a regular basis or having alerts in place so that when you get a negative one, not only do you try to get positive ones to drown those out, but you actually respond, okay? And you say, well, you know, th- this, is, this is what we believe happened. You know, happy to help you. You know, please contact our office because we had not heard from you or whatever, you know, the story is, uh, whatever the situation is. But the key is to, to be proactive. Wouldn't you agree? And, and, and Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and you, know, it, it, you know, even at the scale that we're at, we got, you know, just under 3,700 doors. I've got a, a company that we use that monitors all of our reviews. And I get a, a daily summary. I don't care if it's Google, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it's on. If there's a review platform, we get that. And I, and me and the rest of my corporate team, which is at 10 other people, we each get this email every day. So everybody knows that I see that review and I read them. I skip the five stars and I look for the three stars. I look for the two stars, the one stars. And I send it back to everybody. And I say, hey, what is this about? What's going on? You know, and now they're trying to contact me uh, like on LinkedIn or something like that. Right? I'm like, whoa, now you got a LinkedIn guy here. Like that's even more, you know, pressure. Who is this person, right? It's not your typical Google review or apartmentratings.com review or Facebook. It's somebody with a higher. So we even pay even more attention. But sure. the thing is, is that you just want to pay attention, right? I think we all want to do a good job, but education and awareness is everything. And if you yeah. know that there's a problem, you'll try to fix it. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, like, like we've, we've bought a thousand doors in the last short while, like six months. And, and, you know, we've had to rebrand a couple of them and change the name because, you know, that, that hadn't been paid attention to and it was all negative. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, you can't start from a, from a, from completely underwater. So at that point you change the name and you rebrand, but uh, no, v- very sound advice. Now talk about the storytelling a little bit, drill down on, give us an example of what you might do in a video and, and, and with some little micro down a little bit. Well, for sure. You know, you want to show what it's like to like to live at your property. So separate yourself from the noise. Anything you do is going to separate yourself. So show resident testimonials, show the amenities, do a walkthrough, do a drone. I mean, it's like we have 3D floor plans. We have interactive video. We have what we call the VLC. It's a virtual leasing center. They can literally put on goggles and they can immerse themselves what it's like. You can do it from home from, you know, or you can do it there in person. So when the weather's like this and they make the trek out to your property, we can still tour the property because they can put on those goggles or they can see it. So you want to make it as easy to understand what it's like because many people now are moving from across the country and they sometimes don't even have the chance to see your property. But if you don't have a way for them to see who you are, then they're going to skip you, right? right. So, th- so this goes back to what Gary said, find a way to put yourself out of business before someone else does. That's what happened. You know, you, we, you, we want to make sure that people can get to us 
24 hours a day. We have a 24 seven customer line. So if you wanted to lease an apartment with us at three in the morning, cause you worked the, 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 the late shift, you'll call and you'll get a, pre, a trained leasing professional. If you call us during the day, somebody is going to answer that call within three calls, whether it's our leasing team or a customer hotline team. Three where, rings, again, three I'm rings. sorry, three rings, three rings, excuse right. me three rings. So if my team is busy talking to you and we don't want to interrupt the, the conversation, the momentum, that phone's going to get picked up again, 24 seven by a trained leasing professional. You want to make it easy to lease with you. And video story is a wonderful way. How do you, um, how do you, uh, you know, like, like so many people will do an inquiry online or they won't call, they'll fill out a form or they'll do yeah. something. What is your, what is your, because uh, this is one of the questions we ask property management companies, what their, what their uh, uh, response time is. And, and, and it's one of the stock questions that we ask. I'm just curious, by the way, do you use third-party property manager or do you, you manage in-house? We do everything in-house. We use a third-party property management software, right? Okay, uh, like, right? Like a real page or those kind of groups like that. But, you know, we, we do everything in-house. We, we do it in-house. All our properties. So what is your, you know, what is your uh, standard operating procedure for when you get an internet need and the response time to get back? Because, you know, if they send something to you, they're instantly going to the next one unless they yes. hear back. Yes. The deadline is 24 hours, right? And I, I get, it's funny, I got an email on this yesterday from my marketing director saying, hey, these properties are above the 30% number, meaning that 30% of their leads aren't getting answered within 24 hours. We pay a lot of money for those leads. You yeah. know, we do a lot of research, whether it's through a third party or our own generation, right? Through through our websites, through the video promotion, through our sponsored ads on Facebook, that leads expensive. So we make sure that our teams and there's somebody watching, you got to pay, have, have a set of eyes, 40 hours that are paying attention to those leads. If it's important enough to you, you you'll take it out of your pocket to make sure somebody's watching it. But yeah, I, 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 I would, I would even argue that it should be faster than that, frankly. Sure, uh, sure. But, 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 but let me, let me, let me ask you this because I know know you've got you know uh, you you were involved in uh, in a study of 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 uh, over a hundred thousand communities nationally right. and four of your communities ranked in the top one percent out of a hundred thousand communities so I want to yeah. drill down on that I mean which is kudos I mean that's really Thank impressive you. Thank I want to drill down on on <clears throat> some of the things that you do to make your communities real communities can right. you speak to some of the things you do that 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 people may or may not know? Well, number one, you got to have an active owner. I mean, it's it's right. just a, the property's a representation of you. It's your reputation, right? right. Which means reputation management. And the way right. my property looks is going to be is how I feel, my standards, my quality. You know what's acceptable, what's not acceptable to me. So I think it starts at the top, and then it, it flows its way down. Um, as I mentioned before, we use a company called J Turner Research, big national company. Um, they're the ones that monitor every single review. They have what they're called their aura rankings. They're uh, um, I forgot what the O and the R stands for, but their their assessment of all your reviews and they monitor Facebook, Google, apartment ratings, every, every platform. And then again, I get a daily summary every single night of where that's at. If you're paying attention, you're going to do something. It only makes sense by the end of the year, some of your properties are going to do really well. Our best properties rank 39th in the country um, in reputation management out of 101,000 communities surveyed. In fact, that property just won the national property of the year um, at the National Apartment Association Award because we're paying attention. So, 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 so I, I want to, sorry, I was, I was asking the question a little differently. What do you do at the community level? What do you do at the, you know, your, 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 your onsite team, what do they do to make sure, you know, before it ever gets to an online review, mm -hmm. what do they do to, to, to create raving fans 
out of your residence? Just it's all about the introduction and when they move in. It's all okay. about that. The first impressions are everything. So how is that unit presented to them? Was the make ready proper? Right. Was there spillage of, of paint? Did you not take care of pest control? And they saw a, next, a roach the first day they moved in. I mean, you've got to take care of it, but they have to have a voice. Give them a voice. So that interaction between the manager and or the assistant manager and the resident is so key. Right. You know, and we make it very we're very good about making sure that our people walk that unit because, again, impressions are everything. Then once they live there, what is it like to be there? Well, we spend a lot of money on amenities to make sure that the amenities in the property are what's required. All of our properties have, have a pet park. All of our properties have a pavilion and an outdoor barbecue grill area. Um, some of our properties have other amenities, right? But we want to create as many community building events and or uh, I'm sorry. That's what I was looking places. for. Yeah, that's Places. what I was looking for as well. Talk about talk about some of the things you do to build a sense of community. Sure. I think when you come with the understanding that this is their life right. and they choose to share their life at your community. So that means they're going to go through birthdays, weddings, uh, births. You know, you will always be part of their life five, 10 years from now. And if you look at where housing is going, especially here in Houston, more than half the population rents. Right. right. And that number is getting bigger. Right? So you gotta, grow. Yeah. It's going to grow. So trying to understand what people want. Well, they don't want to go to a laundry room. They want in-house washer and dryers. Right. Right. right? They, you know, so it's not like for the class A's only it's for your B's and C's. They want that community. Now we're talking about smart features and smart locks and all these kind of things that the next level, but you want to give some examples, community. give some examples uh, of some of the, some of the smart features that you're either evaluating or already implementing. Right. So right now at, at, our, at our two of our newest sites, right, these are class A's. So the, 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 the budget is there. Right. Right. The ability to take just like you're able to take your keys and open your door. I mean, your, your, your car door. What is the, the ability to open your, your front door? Mm. And how, with your, how cool with your that PDA. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Or if your mom's going to come visit your apartment and she's staying for the weekend. Right. You can send her the password code. And she can use it in, you know, the plug in um, Nest thermostats, um, the ability to, to pay. Well, right now, all of our properties have the ability to pay rent online through voice. So you can nice. go to, hey, Alexa, pay my rent. Right. It's just the ability. Anything that saves time is where we want to be. Very cool. Have you uh, have you uh, in, installed the, you know, the um, uh, FedEx boxes and all your communities? So your resident, your your management team doesn't have to deal with all the packages coming in. That, that has not happened yet. I've visited communities where I see that. And it's actually pretty cool. Um, I've actually surveyed my company, my, my communities in reason. And I don't understand why we're not, we're against the norm, but they're saying packages isn't an issue yet, which I'm shocked, but we keep, but I've been at other communities where, you know, like here where I live, they, they, they don't have that, but they, they deliver the package to my front door every day. Oh, right. to your front door. Yeah. My See, front door. In, in a lot of the communities, of course, it ends up in the, in the, in, in the leasing office and, and I've seen stacks and stacks oh, yeah. of this stuff. So, oh, so yeah. I was just curious. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, also, um, Ron, yes. Hey. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I lost connection for a second. Oh, okay. No, no, no problem. Talk, you know, we talked before we started recording about one of the secrets to your success is the size of your communities. Can you speak yes. to that a little bit as well? You know, it's really interesting. When I was early on in my career, I thought the smaller count, the better. Because if I could eliminate any middleman between the property manager and the resident, that was good. Because if I have an issue, I go straight to you. You probably want to, if I've hired right, you want to fix my issue. I saw that at our larger sites when I was, when I was a little earlier in my career, had the occupancy issues. 
had the turnover issues, right? Because there's too many people in the loop between between the uh, um, the resident and the manager. As I've evolved, and those properties were really good, right? Those, those early ones, they're 100 unit, 150 unit, 118 units. But because I was putting my own personal effort into it every single day, I was basically another person paying attention. As you grow, you can't do that. You can't have 20 properties and be at every single site. So you need to have the budget to be able to hire somebody closer to your standards, closer to what your expectations are. That doesn't happen when you have 50 units or 100 units. You need to have 300 units. And even in 300 units, if you've got classy rent, right, you're going to get a classy manager at 300 units. But class B rent, you get another $100, $200 on the average rent number. Class A rent, you can go get you a $80,000, $90,000, $100,000 a year type person who has higher standards, right? So, Units is very important. Bigger is better. And I didn't bigger believe better, but it is better. I recognize that because it's not just staff. You have a bigger marketing budget. You know, if you want to do a thousand dollar ad on Facebook or wherever, a thousand dollar on a hundred unit property is a bigger percentage than it is on a 300 unit property. Right. Right. So it gives you more options. Sure. 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 Good. Good. Let me ask you this. I like to ask this question, especially uh, someone of your stature. If you could go back and give your 20-year-old self some advice about this business, what, with what you know, what might you tell your 20-year-old self? Go a little faster. Go, go faster. a little faster. You know, my first year, I bought one deal a year for the first three or four years of our growth. It wasn't until later that I recognized, man, we're really good at this. Man, we have these achievements and I, I can we do my I can not only be doing better myself, but better for my team. Because obviously, obviously, as they as we grow, they're gonna grow. I can pay them more. We can get, you know, we can grow together. And I think that would be the biggest one is that, you know, but why? Why didn't I grow? Because I wasn't confident in myself. Yeah. You know, I think you need to find that confidence and I think you need to jump into the pool and learn it. And once you figure it out, push yourself, right? Because it's only getting more expensive. We talked about it, 24000 a door. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's not. <laughs> that's not those, days are, those days are gone. Will they come back? Very possibly, but yeah. they're gone for now. So let me, let me, let me ask you this. Throughout your career, um, you know, people think that it's all roses the whole way. Talk about a time you got your butt kicked, like a doozy. Talk yeah, about talk about one of those. Well, you know what? The biggest, the biggest, your successes in the future come from your mistakes in the past. Yeah, your setbacks. You know? So it, it's okay to have those setbacks just to learn from it. Um, this goes back to what I what I learned with the bigger is better. I I, I we did not have any class A properties at this point. This is uh, 2015, uh, and and. Um, Oil was crazy in Houston. Oil was like, you know, near $100 a barrel. Jobs were left and right. We were growing at a pace of 100, 110,000 jobs a year for the past three years. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to kick it up a notch. I'm going to go buy a Class A. I'm going to see if, I, if our business model will work in the Class A. And I've learned that it, it truly doesn't. you got to adjust the model differently. But that B and C model doesn't work in the Class A because there's too much turnover. Um, but there's, at that time, there was so much new construction going on in Houston. I limped in with a 51 unit deal mm. and I was in downtown midtown area going up against three, 400 unit, 500 unit communities that have theater rooms, right. like amenities, you know, and I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to be the low cost provider. Their rents are 1800 to $2,000. I'm at 1200, 1300. It's okay. I'll manage this. Like I have, it's only 51 units. So I'll limit my exposure. You know, uh, it was over a hundred, I think it was 118,000 a door at that time. At that time, the only most expensive property I had was maybe 60 a door, you know? So it was a big jump. It was a stretch. Yeah. It was a stretch. Right. And what happened was the market tanked. 
And when I, in underwriting was a hundred, the day we closed at 60 by Christmas of that year, oil was $30 a barrel, but jobs. And so as you have all this construction going on, everybody is trying to lease up, everybody discounting concession. And it just, it's a, it's just, you just eat everybody below you. And I got caught in a situation where I didn't have enough units to be able to have enough options. Um, but again, necessity is a mother of invention. That property was our very first website. This is back in, I'm trying to think, uh, 2015, I think it's when, uh, 2014, 2015. Uh, I learned websites. I learned SEO. I learned Facebook sponsored ads. I learned reputation management. We, that was the first property we ever had that ranked in the top 1%. Why? Because we had to. We had necessity. no choice. We had to learn all that. We had to be top ranked among these class A's so we can try to get any kind of attention and demand. And, you know, I didn't, that was not the big ROI winner in our portfolio. In fact, I think we only made like maybe 9% annualized per 7% per year for, you know, four years of ownership, three years of ownership. But I learned all the lessons that we, we take for granted today that I took back to the rest of my portfolio because as times changed, websites, sponsored ads, reputation management mean everything on the BNC market where they didn't mean anything five years ago. Right. right. So yeah. those are the best lessons that I learned. I mean, you got, got you have to get kicked in the face once in winter, once in a while to absolutely. really learn that. Absolutely. And then you prevent it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting. Some of the most successful companies on the planet are the ones that started in the contraction because they, because for that very reason, because they have to be scrappy. They have to think outside the box and, and innovate and all these things uh, that, 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 that the companies that are sitting on their laurels don't. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting parallel. Well, and, you know, to, to lend on that, you have heard that blockbuster. I mean, Gary talks about that all the time. Blockbuster got killed. Netflix is actually in their office trying to sell. Oh, I know. They could have bought you know, Netflix. And, yeah. They could have bought Netflix. It's, it's astounding. You but know, you're and, not and, willing to evolve. You're not willing to see where the market's going. And I think anything that saves time saves money, and that's where the value is at. Yeah, sure. You know, like like taxi medallions. <laughs> there you go. Those are gone. <laughs> right. So, well, let me ask you this: What do you think is the most challenging part of your role in your company? The quality control. Because mm-hmm. as you grow, you you expect those standards that you had from way back when. You expect when you were making you know twenty twenty five percent returns annually for your investors, right. and as pricing goes up and rent follows it somewhat. You know, you've got to reassess your expectations. Those early investors are so excited. They want to do another oh, deal sure. with you. And, and they and expect like, that. They expect that to continue. Right. <laughs> That's a big and problem. That yeah, puts then, a lot of pressure on you right now, you know, and, and what's going on too here in Houston. And this is going to be, you know, very, um, I don't know, specific in your market, but property taxes are out of control right yeah. now within the city of Houston, primarily because, you know, you've got a, a change of administration. You've had Hurricane Harvey. They hit us real bad and they want to do a lot of, a lot of infrastructure. So in one year, we can see a property tax increase of 70% and they wow. act like nothing, you know, wow. and if you're already paying a hundred thousand a year and now you're asked to pay one, so where's that 70,000 going to come from? Right. You know, so you have to fight it, protest it. You get happy. You only get 15% because you were facing the barrel of 70%. It's, it's the issues that I can't control. You know, I can control. I learned this from my father, who is a master team builder and business guy. You can control what's in the four walls of your business, but I can't control what happens outside the four walls of my business. Right. So make this as strong as it can possibly be so that when these other issues attack you from the outside, you, you can better withstand it. Love it. Love it. So what, 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 who inspires you, brother? Is there any, any, or what inspires you? Do you have any favorite quotes? Tell me, tell me what, what. I think my favorite quote is if you don't like your situation, do something about it. 
It's as simple as that, you know. You know, uh, Gary's quote of it's it's always been you versus you. And when you realize that, you'll make change. You know, yeah. you know, don't don't over over qualify. Don't don't give too much emphasis to somebody else's opinion of you or what you're doing. Just follow your heart and do what you want. You know, more people aren't successful today because they listen to other people instead of just following what makes sense to them. And I think once you can learn to eliminate the noise, you know, you, you get better. But I think change is everything. Change is going to come. Right. I've heard very few people in my life, in my exposure, that when change occurred, it didn't get better for them. Right. So if you don't like your situation then change your situation. Okay. Change it. Thank you. Thank you. Let me ask you uh, just a couple last follow up questions here. What did you have to give up to get to the success that you have now? You have a family, kids? Ooh, I do have family and kids. I'm very, very, you know, I've gone through a divorce. Um, you know, I, I hate to say that that's what I gave up, but you know, there are goals that you want to hit in your life, you know, and again, it's you versus you, you know, um, but my children are the centerpiece of my life. You know, uh, uh, soccer is a huge part. Club soccer is a big part of what we do. They're 13 and 11. I, I like to incorporate my kids in my daily business, you know, so I do put a lot of memes and micro out. My kids are in that with me. We, we have lessons in the car. We talk about stuff. So my, my little one knows all about water conservation and stuff like that. Oh, and the importance of how money, it, you know, the importance of the, of, of of, of, of a low flow toilet and what have you, he gets it. Um, oh, but cool. you know, that's a big part of my life. I think you have to get rid of old notions of success and understand that things are changing and what is it really about in the future and how important it is and what's the priority in your life. You know, so I, I think that's, that that's important. I think you need to, you're changing throughout your life and what's important to you 10 years ago isn't as an important five years ago isn't as isn't as important as as, as right now you know so you, you've got to figure out what you want in life and then go after it yep 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 well listen um i really appreciate you uh coming on my friend and i'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better sure. and um you know i uh, uh very impressive uh, what you've done um with your uh, with your company, Rockstar Capital, and uh, and we'll put the we'll put the information in the show notes. Uh, and uh, and thanks for your time, brother. Thank you very much. Again, it was an honor to be on your show. It's it's thank awesome you. to meet you. Thank you, thank you. Hey, thanks for watching. Please subscribe to my channel. And if you listen to podcasts, join me on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to those podcasts. Just search for Lifetime Cash Flow through Real Estate Investing.